Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. The music for this show I recorded on the streets of Munich, Germany. And in this episode, we have some good stories this episode. We have stories about bananas, shoes, shillings, folkers, cops, vomit, cats, and ghost stories. Let's get on with the show. This flight attendant was telling me a story that she had... um, Flight attendants are always having feet issues because we're on our feet for so long. And she was like, you know those cheap foam inserts you can put in your shoe? She's like, you know those kinds that they come in like a size 12 and you cut them down to the size of your shoe? And she said, I was using those and I guess it had gotten a little old. And I guess the sticky stuff was never that good to begin with. And I was on the beverage cart and I did think my my shoe felt a little funny, but I just kept serving. And she said the foam insert had inched its way out of her shoe, out the back. <laughs> and she said, they finished the beverage service and the other flight attendant said, Susie, you have a maxi pad stuck to your shoe. This was on my flight, Paris to New York. And I had just come up from crew break. And the purser said that we had a elderly lady that was sick in the back. Okay. She had been sick ever since she got on throwing up and then she had diarrhea. So I'm thinking COVID. And uh, so we asked some questions. She's flying with her daughter. And unfortunately, the diarrhea hit so fast, she couldn't make it to the lavatory. Right. In fact, she couldn't even make it out of her seat. So the smell was terrible. People were complaining that sitting around her. Right. And they're pouring vodka on the carpet to try to hide the smell. <laughs> so I guess the smell started to dissipate, and I said, well, it, are the passengers a little happier? And she goes, yes, except the gentleman sitting behind her. And I said, well, what's with him? And unfortunately, the diarrhea kind of sepped through the seat, seat cushion, cushion <laughs> onto his pants, 
in his Louis Vuitton shoes. <laughs> and being from Paris, you know, Louis Vuitton, you're, he probably paid some good money for right, it. Right, right. So we quickly renamed them to the Louis Vuitton shoes. <laughs> But that was only up in the cockpit we said that. So. A guy flight attendant was telling me the story that a friend of his, another straight male flight attendant, was working a Moscow flight. And I never worked those flights, but apparently they were, the passengers were challenging. So he said that his friend, who was a straight male flight attendant, was dealing with this woman who kept yelling, a passenger who kept yelling at him. She didn't like the things that he had in his snack basket. There was some, probably some nuts and a banana and maybe something else. And she's yelling at him and yelling at him. And he wanted to say something mean to the woman because he had had it with her yelling at him. But he needed to take out his anger somewhere else. So um, he took a banana and he threw it and he meant to throw it into a the galley. So this way, the lady, he's not yelling at the lady, and he's got his anger out. He thought, oh, he's just going to take this banana and chuck it into the galley. But the banana curved and hit a Russian man square in the forehead. Bam! <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, I'm getting in so much trouble. And he went to the guy and he's like, I'm so sorry. I was trying to throw it into the galley. I'm so sorry that I hit you in the head with the banana. And the guy was like, So I'm already getting ready for my trip to Zanzibar and Tanzania, Tanzania, uh, because the quicker you start, the better off you are, because I got to get a visa, I got to get malaria medication. So I was um, doing one of the things I always do. I make a currency conversion chart to put in my travel wallet, especially when it's a difficult conversion. And guess what? This one is a doozy. It's a doozy, I tell you. So one US dollar is 2,345 Tanzanian shillings. It's like, okay. And $20 is 46,907 Tanzanian shillings. And uh, $75 is 175902 So basically, when I'm going to say, hey, how much is a taxi into town? You know, they're going to go, it's 34,500 shillings. And I'm going to be like, okay. <laughs> this next story, a passenger told me this story. And it's... Within a few seconds, I know I've heard the story before, but I don't want to let on that I've heard the story before because he's doing a good job telling it, and it's been probably over a decade since it's been on the podcast, so let's hear it again. Herr Huffman was a guy who was asked to speak at a ladies' auxiliary in London, outside of London. They brought the ladies together. And there was a guy that brought him together and introduced him and said, Hey, Herr Huppmann was a Dutch flyer who flew on the side of the Allies during World War II. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what his experience was during you know, World War II flying. And he's like, okay, so, yeah, ich fliege, there were 
fuckers above me and fuckers below me. Fuckers to the left and fuckers to the right. And at this point, the the guy that introduced him said, Oh wait, ladies, I just want to let you know from the auxiliary, auxiliary that Fokker was a predominant, you know, a predominant plane yeah. during World War II for the Germans. So that was the Fokker Wolf, whatever, 190. And Herr Hauptmann turns to him and he's like, That is correct. However, those Fokkers were flying <laughs> Messerschmitts. <laughs> This passenger told a very interesting story. I didn't have my recorder out because when somebody's coming out of a bat out of the bathroom, you know, you just don't expect them to come up with a story. I don't even know how we got to this subject, but this first class passenger was telling us that his father was a cop in New York City. And he wrote a traffic ticket, and the man he wrote the traffic ticket to took it home. He was upset. He was telling his wife, his wife and daughter looked at the traffic ticket and then the daughter said huh well that's weird there's a guy with that name the guy who wrote you the ticket the cop there's a guy with that name at my high school this passenger's father this is in the 60s a long time ago i don't think you can get away with this kind of stuff today had lied and got a job as a police officer in New York City when he was 15 years old. 15 years old and in high school. He wasn't even supposed to be driving. And he had given this guy a traffic ticket. He was working as a cop in New York City. And the takeaway I was thinking was, wow, this kid had some gumption, some cojones. Like, you can't get kids to get their driver's license today, let alone to lie and get a job as a cop when they're in high school. Coming back from Paris, yeah, we weren't even full in coach. We had a bunch of seats open in comfort, nothing open in business, and I think that was, that was it. So. So we, I take the car down. This girl in the center section, she looked like she looked like real, not like no expression on her face. She was a non-rep. I didn't know she was a non-rep at the time, but she was. And I gave her a glass of red wine. On my way back, she had another glass, and she had a full meal. And then she proceeds to throw up all over. I mean, all over the cab, all over her area. Really? She was in the center section. The guy next to her, she was not in, she wasn't on the aisle. So the guy on the aisle got it. Two people next to her on their honey, coming back from their honeymoon. Oh my gosh. With wedding presents under the seat. Oh my God, wedding presents. Everything. Wedding presents with puke on them. Under the seat. Vomit all over it. Then she gets up. And she's clutching the seats, and everybody's trying to get away from her because she's been throwing up. And she goes into the bathroom and proceeds to throw up in the sink. I hate when they do that. In the sink. 
I and it was first break, so I was the only person on duty. So we had to give everybody, we had to move everybody around, we had to give them all money. Miles, yeah. And of course, they're all angry. They're angry because this lady, she puked all over their stuff. Like, what are you gonna do? So there's there's really no miles that makes up for that. <laughs> well, this is exciting to me. <laughs> My old place that I left a few years ago, one of the things I loved about it, not the view, even though it had a nice view, was the cat that came to visit. There was a neighbor's cat that came to visit every day, and I loved that cat. And I really can't have a pet. I'm gone so much. Not only do I travel for work, I can be gone for six days, but then I go traveling. I just really, it wouldn't be fair to an animal, but I really do like animals. So, get this. There's a kitten out back. Uh, we there my my townhouses out back. We each have a little yard, and then there's the marsh. And I don't know where this kitten came from, but there's a kitten out back. <laughs> I didn't have any cat food. I got some tuna. Now it's a feral cat, so it's still very skittish to say the least. But I, so I started asking my neighbors because I don't ever want to have a animal dependent on me and then I'm gone for two weeks and then it has nothing. So I was like, hey, have you seen that cat that's out back? And my neighbor's like, yeah, I've been feeding it. <laughs> and I was like, yay, yippee, yahoo. My neighbor's retired, so she's here all the time. So that cat will be fine. It's just a matter of getting it friendly. Uh but here's the interesting thing about this story. The community I live in is quite large and it's gated. And I don't think anybody in here is letting a cat out. Uh, I don't know where this cat came from. It must have traveled a long distance. because. But it's a kitten. Anyway, where I was talking with my neighbors, we have no idea where this cat came from. But... My neighbor who's been feeding it, she's like, it's okay. The girl next to you, she'll feed it. And then the girl two down, she'll feed it. And then you can feed it. So, you know, the cat will be just fine. And the funny part is, so there's, in my townhouses, there's eight near me, including me, that are all single women. So that cat is just like in the last episode, I was saying the guy that had the heart attack at flight attendant training where they teach CPR and defibrillation that was the best place for him to have a heart attack. Well, this cat, I don't know where it came from, but it's a smart cat because it went to the place with all the single ladies. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind and generous when you're going to buy something on Amazon. You know, it's the holidays. People are going to be buying a lot of things. If you take an extra couple seconds and go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, click on any of the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. Uh, I happened to look on Amazon and my books, which I haven't talked about in a while, the Tar Collection, the last one is called The Tar Pack, and I got a really nice review from Julie Ann, and it said, this book wraps up multiple storylines quite nicely, but it does it in a surprising and fun way. Thank you, Julie Ann. Spike begins the series portrayed 
one way and ends up very differently. All in all, a fun and travel-packed book. Yay, that was nice. And then somebody else bought on Amazon this past month a large beer mug dangle, wait for it, earring. Get this? Large beer mug dangle earrings. Love that. And then somebody else bought an absinthe spoon. You don't hear much about absinthe these days. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, if you're going to be doing some Christmas shopping, just consider going to my website, bettyinthesky.com, click through the Amazon links, and I thank you so very much. Did something happen? Uh, yes, we were on the MD-88 and we were going to Birmingham. And when we took off, the, the airplane really shook. It vibrated more yeah. than normal. Yeah. And But we thought everything was fine. I was sitting in like the princess seat. By, we had a galley behind that seat at that time. And I was like, I was pregnant, oh. but I hadn't gone out on maternity leave oh. yet. So, and um, it's bumpy. Yeah, so when we, we, we went to land, uh, the guys got an indicator in the cockpit that our, they thought our landing gear did not go down. So we did like three fly, yeah. flybys yeah. and where the tower could see yeah. and they saw that our landing gear was down or they thought it was, but they didn't know if it was locked. You know, it could be down yeah. but not locked. So the co-pilot at that time could come out of the cockpit. Yeah. So he came back and there was this place kind of in the middle section of the airplane that had like the thing in the floor. Yeah, the, the, the hatch. The hatch. The trap yeah, door. The, yeah. yeah. So he Mr. He opened that up and looked and messed around with that. You know, he was like on his knees doing that. So he went back in the cockpit and we did another fly around or two. Anyway, we it was like a cautious emergency landing. You know, right. we, we we had to give yeah we had to give people the instructions and everything. And so after that flight, I think I flew one or more one more trip and I went out on maternity leave because I'm like it was scary. I mean, you're like that's a lot of stress when you're yes, exactly. expecting. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We were on a delay, and the agent was down on the airplane talking to us, uh, and she told us an interesting story that had happened to her earlier in the day. Now, I can understand this, because maybe you guys can understand this. If you're planning a trip, say you haven't been anywhere since the pandemic, you haven't been anywhere for two years, and you spent a lot of time planning this trip, and it's the day of the trip, basically you're, you're... you have all this built-up expectation, right? Well, this couple, a man and a woman, I don't know what made him fall, but he tripped over something. And I don't know if it's because maybe he had stuff in his hands, but he landed on his head. He landed on his head. So he's got a head injury. He's bleeding. And not only is he bleeding, but his head is getting bigger and bigger. His head is really big. And he's at the gate talking to the gate agent who's looking at his head going, and he's going, "Um, well, we're on this flight today to to Germany. And she's like, the agent's like, you're not going to Germany today. And he's like, oh no, we're going to Germany today. You know, we've been planning this trip for, and she's like, the agent's like, you're bleeding. You have a head injury and your head is huge. You need to go to the hospital. He's like, no, 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 not going to the hospital. We're going to Germany today. And the agent was like, you're not going to Germany today on this airline or 
this airplane, you are going to the hospital. And it is kind of like a big wah, wah, wah. You've been planning and prepping and packing. And what do you do? But follow it in your head. It reminded me of, do you guys remember this story? Uh, sometimes it's the best laid plans. You know, you've been doing so much prepping for a trip and then something happens out of your control. What are you going to do? I was working a flight to Paris and there were these two young girls going to Europe for the first time. They were like early 20s, very excited. And the one girl had some sort of allergic reaction. We had to call, we had to call for, you know, medical professional. Her hands, they were swollen like Mickey Mouse hands. Her, she was like a petite, young, typical 21-year-old girl. And her hands or like three times the size of normal hands. And I could see the other girl who was traveling with her going, eyes getting bigger, like, this wasn't it, our itinerary. Giant hands. A male flight attendant yeah. is working this flight, and he's working in a main cabin yeah. in coach. All right, this passenger asks uh, for a brandy. Yeah. The male flight attendant goes like, um, we don't have any brandy, sir. I can get you something else. Yeah. In fact, the male flight attendant didn't refer the, the well, the cognac is a brandy. Right. So he had cognac and not brandy. He was thinking right. cognac and he wasn't thinking brandy. Especially that he was on vacation for two weeks. Anyhow, the passenger was like, okay, well, no, I get some water. Then that passenger asked another flight attendant for the brandy. So she was able to, you know, put the brandy and the cognac together, you know, got him the brandy, the the cognac, you know, slash brandy. And the passenger sees that male flight attendant get upset. It goes like, Hey, sir, I asked you for a brandy. You said that you didn't, you didn't have it. How about this? Oh, he the male flight, it. yeah, he points to it. The flight attendant goes like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think about the, you know, the different cognac, yeah. you know, the other different word and stuff. But yeah, I'll get you another one if you want to. No, I don't want it from you. <laughs> and he, he gets upset and uh, he goes like, I don't know if I'm not allowed to say it, but he goes like, fuck you. (laughs) The flight attendant goes like, excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm a married man. I can't do that with you. (laughs) 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 Oh, I had this great conversation in the galley with this very interesting flight attendant. I didn't get the recorder out. I didn't know. she. We weren't talking about airline stories, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be an airline story. She was talking about ghost stories. Ghost stories. I like a good ghost story. I don't have any, but I like them. So she said she was on a layover. I believe it was in Edinburgh. And it was an old hotel. And in the middle of the night, she woke up and there was tapping on the window. She was like, I don't know, five stories up. And she said there was a little girl on the outside of the window tapping. Freaked me out. But she said the next day as she was checking out, she got down there early and she went to the front desk. And she goes, I 
I think I saw an aberration last night. And um, the person at the front desk said, oh, go over and talk to our concierge. They they deal with that kind of stuff. It's like, they deal with that kind of stuff? Aberrations? <laughs> okay. And so uh, this person asked her, well, was the little girl dressed in old-fashioned clothing? And she said, I didn't see any clothing. I could just see her her." her head. I didn't see anything else. And they said, yes, um, we've had several guests of the hotel see a young girl, like six or seven. She's like, yeah, that's how old she was. And they said, yeah, we don't know what happened to her, but um, we hear it quite often. And it's like, okay. (laughs) But then she told this other story that I thought was fascinating. And I haven't heard anything like this before. Um, She said that her mother also sees ghosts and that they were going, she lives in the Northeast somewhere, and uh, they were going strawberry picking at a strawberry farm, and there's quite a few farms, and she said they were driving down this long country road where there really, there's no turnoffs or anything, and they got to the the one farm they usually like to go to, but there were a lot of cars, so they decided to do a U-turn to come back down this long country road where there aren't any other roads, and they're going to go to a different farm. And the school bus behind them also must have decided that that farm was too crowded, so it did a U-turn also and was behind them. Now they're going down this long country road, and she said she looked in her rear view mirror, and there was a car in between their car and the school bus. And she said to her mother, there's a car behind us. Do you see the car? And the mother said, well, there's no way a car could get between us and the school bus. And she looks back and the mother saw the car, but the car was being driven by no one. And there was just the white knuckles on the steering wheel. And the girl was like to her mother, you see it, right? And the mother was like, yeah, I see it. And she goes, you don't see anybody driving it. She goes, I don't see anybody driving it. And then right after that, it disappeared before they even got to the stop sign. And she said it wasn't like an old car or anything. It was like a late model car. So she went and did the research, I don't know where, to find out if there had been any accidents on that road. And apparently, I think it was in 1990, there was a single fatality on that road. And what she believes is that driver, man or woman, who knows, died and they never get to the stop sign. And I was like, we were on the crew van and I don't know how or why we started talking about this, but I realized I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. You guys know I'm one of 10 children, number 10 of 10. So my mother was pregnant a lot. (laughs) And I don't know what her motivation was, but she decided at some point that she would like to have her children on holidays. I don't know I don't know her reasoning for wanting to do this, but she tried. And I want you to picture, she would try to induce labor on the holiday by running up and down the stairs. Picture a woman who's nine months pregnant, just about to pop, running up and down the stairs, trying to have the child on the holiday. (laughs) So... I have, uh, I'm one day after Thanksgiving, 
Um, another sister is the day after Valentine's Day. Wah, wah, wah. But my brother is born on the 4th of July. Bingo! <laughs> and so this gentleman, an Indian, yes. goes into the lab, does his business, and comes out. And someone looked at him and thought he was having a heart attack because his complexion was dark and kind of bluish. Right. Well, bluish from the blue water. <laughs> he had washed he had washed his face oh with the blue God. water. <laughs> and they thought he was having a heart attack. <laughs> Well, this was rather interesting. I generally get along with everyone, and I'd say in my entire flying career, I've had less than six flight attendants who really didn't like me, um, which is pretty good, because, you know, you can't have 100% of the people like you. That'd be a little strange. That'd be an odd world. So I'm usually okay if somebody doesn't like me, because they're so few and far between. Anyway, I had one a couple years ago. I still, to this day, do not know what I did to him. But on the way over, you know, I travel and I'm interested in places. And um, he said he was from a place that I had traveled to. It's slightly exotic. And I was like, oh, I love that country. I was spent two weeks there. And it's beautiful. I'd like to go back again sometime. And we talked. I thought we had a very nice conversation on the way to Europe. Okay, so... Cut to the next day, we're in the gatehouse waiting for our flight back to the United States. Well, you know, 24 hours later. Anyway, we're in the gatehouse. There's four of us sitting there. And this guy just went off on me. He was like, I can't believe what you were saying yesterday. That was so offensive. You can't talk to someone that way. And I'm like, huh? Oh, oh, what? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you need to think before you talk. That's offensive. And you can't say things like that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I said. And he's like, well, now you know, and you can't do that. And he was like, right in the face, steam coming out of his ears. The other two flight attendants are looking at me like, what did you say? What did you say? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. But something happened. I never did. I, we, this went on for, it felt like a long time. I don't know how long it was because it was very uncomfortable. He was very angry. And I, I I still didn't know what I did. So now I go to work. And there he is. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's been a couple years. Maybe he forgot. Or maybe you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what might set somebody off. Maybe he feels bad that he overreacted. I'm not going to bring it up. Oh, you know, you really don't like me. Remember? Remember me? You don't like me. <laughs> I'm really offensive. I don't think before I talk. You know, I'm not going to say that. So what I decided to do, we were only working with a different crew going over and coming back, which is kind of unusual. So it was only one flight. And so I said, I thought, I'm just going to try to start off fresh. And I said, hi, I'm Betty. And he's like, hi, nice to meet you. And I was thinking, 
maybe he forgot, or maybe he's doing the same thing I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know. But it was a difficult flight. We had numerous things going on in the flight. It was a stressful flight. I was working um, in first class, and I had to spend a lot of time helping them. They were having a lot of trouble. They were t- Their service was not going well. So I basically picked up the entire cabin. I basically worked two cabins, double time. Um, Sometimes you have to do that. You know, you're a team and there were some issues and they were having problems. And so I, I worked really hard and I got to the back and he goes, you're a star. You're a star from Starland. And I was thinking, boy, that's a long journey from offensive to a star from Starland. That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. And hopefully in the next episode, I'm going to have lots of stories about Tanzania. Bye. So we quickly renamed them to the Louis Chiton Shoes. your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.